This episode of the Shooting Bricks Podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Do you want to make some quick cash on sports betting but don't really know how? Well, come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a specific sport. For instance, if you're interested in the NFL on Thrive Fantasy, you choose 10 out of the 20 player prop positions to build your lineup. NFL not your thing? Not a problem. For the NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports, you choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to happen. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. If you're into the PGA, Thrive has new contests for each day of tournaments, so don't sweat it if your golfers ruin your weekend by not making the cut. Since launching in 2018, Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes. Ready to play? You can download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Don't forget to use our promo code SBPOD when you sign up today to receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and hashtag prop up today. Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And you know what, guys? There's a lot of news concerning one James Harden. And I don't know about you, but all the news that's coming out is kind of getting a little bit annoying. But, you know, it is what it is. He's James Harden. He's always going to get attention. But we'll get into that a little bit later. But as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Uh, I'm Daniel Huen. Uh, I just wanted to uh, say this. Uh, Lamar, if you're listening, uh, remember to take a poop before every game and joining us as well. It's a wild man right here. It's your boy, Really Real Jarrell Sells, and we do have a special guest on this episode. It is. What's up? I'm Taj Mayfield. I'm a writer, podcaster. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. And for those that don't remember, Taj was actually part of the first iteration of this Shooting Bricks kind of podcast that we did called the Triple Team Podcast back at USC. So, Taj, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? I've been, you know, recording my music podcast called Unheard. I've been writing for my website, Sound Sports, and just at USC. Hmm, interesting, because I know that there's a lot of a lot of music news going on. So, how's that been? How's USC been? How's everything going? I mean, USC is USC. <laughs> um, I feel like we all know. I don't have to talk too much about USC. Uh, music, it's been in a crazy place because of quarantine, just like everything else, but make and do on content. Hmm. Make and do, right? And speaking of making do, James Harden and the Houston Rockets, they have to make do with their current relationship because, God, they're the best way I could describe this is a because there's so <laughs> much exactly there's so much news coming out that i don't even know where to begin so i'll just start wherever i feel comfortable but yeah so i don't know if you guys figured this out but the rockets gave harden everything he wanted according to espn's tim mcmahon so he would re- he would repeatedly like practice and party in las vegas and other places he would always have these excused absences and whatnot and Per the article that was on ESPN, I think it was today or by the time you guys are hearing about this a few days ago, 
it was quote Harden pushed the Rockets to upgrade every offseason, saying he would want to be traded if they didn't contend. Sources said. And he had final say on things just beyond travel and practice schedules as well. He could call the shots on per- personnel moves, both on the roster and the coaching staff, a power he flexed to push the firing of Kevin McHale and the departures of Dwight Howard and Chris Paul. And there's also so much more to go into, including the fact that he was the one, Harden was the one to, that pushed the Rockets to trade for Westbrook. And it got to the point where Westbrook was quote unquote appalled by how lax Houston, their culture was because they would be just doing whatever. And, you know, Westbrook being the strict kind of player that he is and how powerful of a figure he is, he didn't like that. So obviously he got traded. And even with Chris Paul sources said that his biggest beef with, with how Houston and Harden was, was that Harden basically opted not to pr- participate in the Rockets' offense when the ball wasn't in his hands, sometimes barely stepping over half court while spectating when Paul had the ball. Harden quickly tired of Paul barking about his concerns, which included lobbying coach Mike D'Antoni to implement more structure and movement in an offensive system that revolved around Harden's isolations, sources said. And lastly, James Harden, he's unmoved and uninterested uninterested, excuse me, to play with John Wall. So with all that being said, what do you guys think about this situation? Because he still wants to go to Brooklyn or Philly, and we all know how that's going to work out. It's not going to work out at all. So, yeah, just some quick thoughts on this situation. Trade him the f*** out of there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious, it's obvious at this point. He is toxic to this team and its locker room. Basically, I mean, I've kind of, I kind of, you know, kind of re- know what James Harden is going through. He's pushing these antics is because he's simply done with the place. He wants to get out of there. He's only doing this to troll the front office. Um, he, I mean, he, Houston doesn't like, they need to realize that like Harden just doesn't have any interest anymore. And they simply just move on. Uh, as far as teams um, go, what Giannis did a couple days ago was unprecedented um, in, a, in an era where, where player movement is encouraged, which we'll get I to in a minute. Um, personally, um, if I'm Milwaukee's uh, front office, even though I don't necessarily, let's be honest, I am dry on assets I can uh, give to them, but, uh, I would actually start, you know, brainstorming a potential trade idea right now because it's, it's time that Milwaukee lands a second star. Uh, for somebody that doesn't play defense, I don't know. I just feel like James Harden doesn't have that, that, that Mamba mentality. Uh, that's the best explanation. That's the best like comparison I can do. I, I feel like he's acting like a diva. You're a professional. Yep. Go out there and hoop. Like, this is what you, this is what you love. This is your passion. Hoop, bro. Just go out there and play. You, you do, you do your anyway. It's ISO ball. Let me dribble, pound the ball for 25 seconds during the shot clock. And that's not even 25 seconds on the shot clock, <laughs> but you get, you catch my drift. Anyways. Um, I just feel like I don't like I don't like it. I already didn't like James Harden's game. I told you I hate the Houston Rockets the way that they play basketball. And James Harden is supposed to be that that top five shooting guard of all time. But your mentality, the way that you approach the game, the way that you act like a little girl, no offense to that, because there's girl hoopers out there that can ball out of control. Don't get me wrong, but it's just ah. I don't know. It's so frustrating, and I apologize. I didn't mean to use that analogy of a little girl. He's just acting like a baby. Let's put it like that. That's a better analogy. He's acting like a baby. He's acting. He's acting weird. He should just go out there and hoop. So I don't like the situation. Uh, I don't. James Harden is is I, going I just down. Want to with me? 
I just want to say one more thing. Sorry, Taj. Um, it's just I know I have bashed Russell Westbrook a lot for being a bad yep. teammate. Yeah. And yes, yep. Russell Westbrook is a bad teammate, but James He's Harden not- is honestly an even worse teammate than than Russell Westbrook. Basically, just by going off what you said, what like how his relationship with Chris Paul was like, because like that, like honestly, Harden's actually been quite a been quite an asshole this whole time. So, Taj. I it's, think it's, it's a lose-lose-lose situation, like a lose for whichever team trades for James Harden. Because if you like listen to what the Rockets say they want, they want a franchise player that's already been proven as an all-star, a player that can potentially become an all-star and several picks. So that team's going to lose because James Harden isn't leading anybody to a championship. Then the Rockets are going to lose because they currently have a team built around John Wall and Boogie, which is like, no. that's just the ticking clock of like injury, even though I love both of those guys. But that's not winning a championship. And then James Harden is going to lose because he's not getting the ring. Like, the Rockets have given him everything he needed for a ring. They did the numbers. They did the analytics. They traded every player over 6'8", and nothing happened. Like, I just don't see James Harden in that style. Like Jarrell said, like Kobe said, like, that iso ball style isn't winning in 2020, and that's what James Harden is best at. So I just don't see him ever winning the ring. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because the picks and the young established players, the best – I wouldn't say the best, but the one name that comes to mind was Tyler Hero. And the Heat were interested in Harden, but they don't necessarily have the assets to trade for Harden because Harden makes, what, $30 million a year the next two years or next few years, correct me if I'm wrong. So if they trade Tyler Hero, which is what the Rockets kind of want, because like you mentioned, Taj, they want a whole bunch of picks and they want a young established player on rookie contract on a rookie contract or players like that on rookie contracts. Where are they going to get that from? Who's going to trade for James Harden? Because wherever he goes, it's going to be the same thing because he said Philly or Brooklyn, right? If you look here, Philly doesn't want to let go of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid and the Nets don't have a star or picks apart from, you know, apart from KD and Kyrie and the Rockets aren't interested in Kyrie. So, there was also news that Harden was interested in the Bucks, which makes this entire situation interesting because the Bucks don't have anything either. So this is essentially where is he going to go? And if he does go somewhere, it's going to be to a bad team. That's basically, it doesn't really matter where he go. Like I wrote this column for the Daily Trojan, basically like breaking down the tiers of stars. And I was like, superstars. That's like the second highest tier a player can be in basketball in my mind, a superstar. But if a team is led by a superstar, you're probably not winning a championship unless you have a collection of superstars. And with James Harden in this trade, you're not going to be able to have a collection of superstars because, like, even with that Nets deal, the Nets would have to end up giving away Kyrie. So it's like, I just don't see James Harden winning a chip, so you might as well just, like, tough it up. In Personally, with the recent contract being signed, the extension Giannis just signed, I think the, I think the Bucks have to go after an all-star because you're going to have Giannis for the next five years. I mean, you, you might as well, you got to surround him with a star. You got to take advantage. So if, if anyone that's looking to, that should take advantage, in my opinion, they, they need to find a way to start strategizing trade ideas right now. It's Milwaukee because like you, you just got, they just got lucky right there. So they, they have to go after a person like Harden, in my opinion, but will they, I don't know. Gee, you're looking kind of flustered. Yeah. Dude. I got something to say. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought this up. Uh, I was I was pondering. I was sitting here thinking, like, 
what what have I what have I said on previous episodes that the Milwaukee Bucks need? They need a closer. They need somebody that is clutch. Guard. And listen, there is somebody that's not on a, an NBA team currently. He got derailed by injuries, but before he got injured, he was top three in MVP voting. He was called the king of the fourth quarter. And I believe the 5'9", Isaiah Thomas, will work pretty well. Lil, hear me out. Hear me out. I feel like he will work pretty well on his Milwaukee Bucks team. Now, what is, what's, what is the worst that's going to happen with, with signing Isaiah Thomas? You're not going to have to b- break the bank with him, right? You know that he's a bucket and he's clutch. We've, we've, we've seen him do it. Now, the only reason why he's not in the NBA currently is because he's f***ing 5'9". Now, you cannot, talk, you cannot tell me Isaiah Thomas is not talented enough to be on this team, p- put up on a starting lineup of Isaiah Thomas, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. Now, you're not telling me that that's not a contending team. Now, if Isaiah Thomas is three-fourths of who he was as an MVP, that, that looks a little bit dangerous to me. I feel like Isaiah Thomas on this team is better than getting James Harden and f-ing gutting the Bucks. So that's my opinion. I think that would be a good slot for him to be in. That's I think, a big if, though. <laughs> yeah. if Isaiah Thomas, he hasn't been healthy in about three or four years. That's a big if, but like I said, it's it's low risk, high reward. What are what are you getting out of it if it doesn't work out? The same situation you're in currently. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with that because you're gonna get him for what a veteran minimum, what two point one mil maybe coming off the bench to offset the gutted bench that they have already. But the thing is, when you think about that, they also have Bryn Forbes, right? And he can't play defense. He's six two, a shooting guard. So you have five nine six two coming off the bench. For your don't guard? have him don't don't have him coming off the bench. Start him. You st- mm-hmm. you pick you you put him up with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo that both are two way players. That that hides some of the defense. Yeah, but and, I think and fifty percent of Isaiah Thomas was still putting up buckets when he was on the Lakers. He was still putting up buckets. He had bare minimum minutes with the Denver Nuggets. So small sample size still giving you buckets. Now all I want is Isaiah Thomas for the fourth quarter. To be honest, mm. <laughs> I just need him to hit a shot because Chris yeah. Middleton. And not doing it. Giannis not doing it. And I have I don't think I haven't seen Drew Holiday in much clutch moments, but I have seen Isaiah Thomas. So um as a Pelicans fan, I'm telling you Drew Holiday <laughs> is not doing it. <laughs> so yeah, Drew, they're, they're, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, Drew Holiday made it out of the second out of the first round twice, I think. Once with Philly and once with the Pelicans. So I don't know. But I mean if the Bucks were to pursue James Harden, I mean I could I don't think they will. They don't need to break the whatever they have, break the bank, whatever, for a dude like James Harden. They don't need him. I mean, a collection of superstars is what you need to win in this league, right? I mean, and Chris Middleton has, but like he hasn't performed at like the rate you want to in certain positions. So let me let me throw this let me pause this question out to you then. So would Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday be kind of like? the same if not more than whatever James Harden is producing because I see those two people better as being a better fit for Milwaukee than James Harden because James Harden can put up all the numbers he wants but if he's just going to flame out at the end of the year I mean what's the point Giannis needs a partner on the perimeter and I think James Harden in in a lot of ways will be a good part like a partner on the three-point line Drew Holiday Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton they both play immense defense I mean, you're you're going to you're going to run your offense through Giannis. The only way that I feel like that'll work like like I said in the last pod, it's like a Kobe and Shaq dynamic, your 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 guard and your your big man, but in this this day and age, it's it's it doesn't seem possible for James Harden. I don't feel like James Harden and Giannis 
on this team with either Middleton or Holiday staying, working out. Yeah, it's only one ball. Yeah, and, and it just doesn't really. That's like a team. The Bucks are a team that, like, when I think of best chemistry teams in the NBA, the Bucks are like in my top five. Adding, like you just mentioned, how toxic James Harden is. Adding him to that is just kind of like a messing with something. That's I mean, already that's good. the big concern. That is like the only thing that's like, if I'm Bucks, like, if I'm the Bucks, like, front office, I would be kind of hesitant over because, yeah, he is a terrible, terrible teammate. I mean, because the NBA is a, is a league driven by superstars, I and mean, you need uh, superstars to win in this league. Dog, do you not see what the Bucks just did? Like, if I'm the GM, I'm like, I'm about to get fired if I make another move because they already traded <laughs> three picks and two swap picks to get Drew Holiday. Now and you're gonna, two players. Now you, and two players. Now you're going to gut your team again after you just b- make that big acquisition to get James Harden that you're calling toxic? That is not the smart move. Their best bet is to, to play this out because they still – have the same like core intact with 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 better role players like i said that this team is deep from from position one to ten they have a solid rotation they're going to perform in the uh, regular season all they need is that that bump over that 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 push over the edge in the playoffs that's all they really need so messing up that chemistry for james harden for him to not show up in the playoffs at all because that's what's missing you don't need another chris middleton in the playoffs you need somebody that's going to hit shots don't do it that's and, not what you're looking for. And also, James Harden has a trade kicker, a 15% trade kicker, and he has a player option in 2022-23. So if anything, he can just ride out whatever's going on in Houston, and then by the time he's 33, sign for like a one plus one with I, the Bucks. I can't, I can't see him another another full season in Houston. I think James Harden's gone. And I, the more I think about it, Jared, like I kind of see your point. He could end up on a very bad team. You know what I just, you know what I just found out. Guess who his agent is? Rich Paul? No, that's not Rich Paul. Robert T. Palinka. Oh, for real? Yeah. He's still wow. his agent. Uh, that's according oh. to Spotrack. So, make. Uh, I make mean, Lakers. It, if he were to end up on the Lakers somehow, um, I guess it could work. But like LeBron, LeBron AD, and Harden, like yikes. Like Harden, like hopefully Harden would bow down to like submit anything to LeBron and AD because those two run that squad. If he were to come to LA, he would mm-hmm. he would not have any say. But I don't know if I even want Harden in LA because he's just not good. Rob Polinka, Rob Polinka, but I saw that this is a clutch sports team now. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a we're talking about Giannis and let's just get to him real quick before we move on to the main topic here. So Giannis signs a five-year, $228.2 million Supermax extension. It is the largest in NBA history and will include an opt-out after the fourth year. He's guaranteed $256 million over the next six seasons, and there's a 15% trade kicker. The most important thing to remember, he's only 26 right now. So after four years, if it doesn't work, 30, he's still a, a, a solid player. So thoughts? I'm shocked and not shocked at the same time. Uh, Giannis is has it's become clear to me that personality-wise, he's just built differently from other NBA superstars. What he did was just kind of unprecedented because in an era of player movement, Giannis just picked loyalty over player movement right now. Personally, I don't agree with the decision. I think he should have tested free agency. And personally, I wouldn't be in the small market. I would have bolted Milwaukee because small market teams have a trouble um, to uh, attract free agents. But what he did was just, I think 
he is the biggest chess piece in the league, and he just made a statement um, staying put. So the pressure is now on Milwaukee. They gotta they gotta land a, a second All Star in the next three to five years or so. <laughs> Chris Middleton is an All Star. Drew Holiday okay, has okay. been an All Star. I, I forgot about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, but he's. I think they're gonna need another piece in the next three to five years. Hey, you you know what I'm saying this 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 ain't a, a 2003 draft class where you got Giannis didn't have people coming in in his draft that he's buddy buddy with. The only people he's he buddy buddy with, the only people he's buddy buddy with is his three brothers <laughs> and his own teammates. He's all about family. He came from nothing, so he doesn't care about what city he's playing in. That loyalty is going to show because that's who he is. That is his character. Now I'm thinking I'm thinking like a star right now, right? Who the f- am I going? Where am I going to go? Where am I gonna go that I still have the chemistry that I have with this team that I've already built with, right? Where am I? Where, where am I going to go to to match up with other stars like LeBron James did with his big decision, like KD did Dallas with the Warriors? Dallas was there. Miami winning. was looking for them. But you, you, that's a big if 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 it's going to work out, especially this, Dallas. This formula has already worked. Hear me out. The Bucks aren't a trash team. They've been top three in the past three four years. Am I am I incorrect? Yeah, they're, they're the yes. best team in the East the last two years. Something is going right. You are on the brink of of getting to the to to the championship. So you don't you don't just tear that down. Why am I going to jump to the Dallas Mavericks, who's a sixth seed or a seventh seed in the Western Conference in the tough Western Conference to go up against King James and the Anthony Davis? Why would I want to do that <laughs> when I could dominate the Eastern Conference to play with Luka Doncic? All that. I could play. I could play on my team. That's my own team. Why am I going to go? Luka Doncic, Dude, one of the best look, look, hear, hear me out. What has he done? Damn. What, what has he done? done? I'm the what? MVP, bro. Twice over, Luka man. Doncic hasn't done <laughs> LeBron James went to the Miami Heat. What did D Wade do? He had a Finals MVP and an NBA NBA championship. Luka Doncic ain't got bro. He's a two year pro. With KP, KP, he just he, just, he, he can't even play. He's on the backs in the playoffs. The, the LA strippers, bro. What are they doing? Look at the team. <laughs> you acting like the LA strippers is out really out here doing something. I'm not about to go jump shit. Think about the great players. If they're going to a team, they're going to a team that's competing. KD, the biggest snake of them all, went to the 73 and nine Golden State Warriors. And look what happened. Why would I? Why it, it, he still got two rings? Why 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 <laughs> why would I go to the Dallas Mavericks? Why? When when I'm the number one seed in the East, I have my brothers with me. I I, I own this organization. This organization is mine. I'm gonna go down in history as the best Milwaukee if I win a championship because Kareem probably got it. But I'm gonna go in history as top two <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks players ever. Well, I'm not. He's not up his legacy. I'm not about to. I'm not about to jump off the cliff for a dream. I'm not about to do a leap of faith for a dream to happen when I can establish my dream here. Giannis has that mama mentality, and that's why, like you said, Daniel, he's built different. He ain't doing that snake shit. Not yet, anyways. But, yeah, Taj, what, what do you have to add? I love it. I hope it's, like, exactly what you guys said. He's very built different. Like, the, the statements he makes, like, the loyalty he shows, I hope that, like, seeps into every young player with a heavy emphasis on Zion Williamson. <laughs> I, like, already feel that narrative coming. Like, I'm already waking up in, like, cold sweats of Zion leaving New Orleans like AD. So I hope, like, this starts a whole new wave of loyalty. I mean, it's good for the league. Personally, like, I would have tested the free agent market at least. At least talk to other teams before making a decision. Why? They're going to – they have fewer, I mean, they have fewer – I don't have much less money to offer, and they don't have the pieces that they probably – that he wants. And Jarrell said the Bucks. 
he owns the Bucks now. So why would he forego everything that's happened with the Bucks to end up with the Mavericks or the Heat or whatever? Yeah, I don't make- understand why the narrative was that he would leave anyway. Like this isn't like a LeBron in 2009 situation. Like the Bucks are a legit good team. Like yeah. teams just kind of have like this one formula to stop Giannis that once he solves it, they're going to be unstoppable. Like that's on him. That's not on the team. They have a legit good team in my opinion. And he's been and working on, on his jumper too. And and on top of that, they're showing that they're trying to build a championship team. They're not getting bum players. Drew Holiday is an amazing player in my opinion. They're, they they got Bryn Forbes. They got these role players, those these these key players that's going to help build up this team. The Milwaukee Bucks had a a, a great offseason aside from uh, the Bogdan Bogdanovich. But other than that, they're they're answering all of his requests. And speaking of which, that's a great segue. Speaking of all the requests, we're now going to talk about our power rankings for the Eastern Conference this season. So, as always, I'm going to go first, and then it's going to be Jarrell, Daniel, and then Taj. So, as it stands right now, the eight teams I have definitely making it to the playoffs are number one, the Bucks; number two, the Heat, number three, the Celtics, number four, the Nets, which I'm sure, Daniel, you're, you're going to take exception to, Number five, the Raptors, Sixers at set at six, the Hawks at seven, and then the Pacers at eighth. And then the teams on the outside looking in are the Wizards, Magic, and Hornets. And some teams that I, you know, I'm kind of looking out for are the Hawks in a good way, the Nets, and the Pacers in a bad way. And maybe has a chance to sneak into the playoffs. The Wizards, Magic, and Hornets. Although the Hornets are kind of like in in an iffy spot because I think Gordon Hayward, correct me if I'm wrong, just fractured a finger, right? Wow, wow, right. wow. Yeah, something like that. So, And the teams that have no chance, the Cavs, Pistons, Bulls, and Knicks. And so just well, a quick... You don't think the Bulls have a chance? I will get to that. They made <laughs> very, very few moves. If anything, I see them probably getting another lottery pick because they're not necessarily equipped for the playoffs right because i know the east is bad but the hawks in a good way they've made moves right they are probably the most improved team in the east because they you know they made moves to get bogdan bogdanovich they got the Gallinari, they got rajon rondo they got chris dunn and they got solomon hill they got all these good pieces to kind of mesh around trey young and john collins if he stays so if if all goes well for the Hawks, I could see them sneaking up to maybe five or six, not just seven. But yeah, that's pretty straightforward. I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks; they're fantastic. The Heat—they're probably going to build up from last season. They got really good pieces with Avery Bradley. You know, they got Mo Harkless and Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo. They're staying, so that's good. The Celtics—you know—the injury to uh, Kemba Walker might cause a little bit of a little bit of stumble as they come out of the gates, right? Because they got Jeff Teague, they got Tristan Thompson, but that's about it. All the other moves they got were like two-way deals and whatnot. And then the Nets at four, they're just the biggest wild card. We don't know what's going to happen with them because Kyrie's telling the media that they're pawns and, you know, they're, he's given out all those, all the coaching secrets and he crazy as fuck. I mean, Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not gonna I'm gonna admit my bias. Kyrie is my favorite basketball player ever. It's Kyrie and Magic He's Johnson. He's so fun to watch. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, is is the media not pawns? As members of the media, can you guys not admit that some media members are pawns? Absolutely, fair, we are. We can be. To be exactly, fair, though, I don't see why everybody's so mad at that comment. He has an obligation to to talk to the media, and he's not following through with his obligation, which is you know whatever. But at the same time, like, he, what what is he trying to accomplish with this? Personally, sometimes with athletes, trying to accomplish. <laughs> sometimes yeah, with go. athletes, they're just you got to be aware. Sometimes they do play it up. They do exaggerate just for the for eyeballs. Like right, but it's all I mean, PR. You you the media could be could be a be a toxin. You know what I'm saying? We we yep. sometimes we don't know what's being said to these athletes. And if Kyrie is being feel like he's being personally attacked, or he feels like he simply doesn't want to or need to uh, talk to them. I mean, I get it. I get both sides. I feel the obligation, but as a player or somebody that maybe has going through stuff, we talk about mental health. We talk about all these emotions that that happen. Think about. Uh, I always like to bring this example of, uh, up. I know that it's kind of tough for us, Kobe fans, Laker fans, basketball fans, but the whole TMZ shit with breaking the news about Kobe, like that. You know what I'm saying? Media needs to chill out sometimes. So Kyrie Irving, I'm I'm not saying he's crazy. He just he opened up his third eye. <laughs> okay. Well. Well, hopefully they can uh, open up that thir- third eye for for the entire team because I just have them at fourth with the Raptors at fifth because the Raptors they're not good, they're not great. They're okay. They they're they good. need a, they're not great. They they need a they need a face of the franchise. That's what yeah. they're lacking. Pascal Siakam is a good second option, but if he's your first, that's a nope. that's a thing. Seventy uh, Sixers they uh. are. Probably another wild card because they made moves to make themselves more shooter friendly, but they're just we don't know what to expect with you know Doc Rivers there and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and like I said, I talked about the Hawks and rounding it all out are the Pacers. They're there. I had to pick a team for the eighth spot, so they were the team that I came up with because the Wizards they could be good, they could be bad. Probably they're going to be middle. And the Magic and the Hornets, they're just there. So, on to on to you, G. What do you uh, what do you got? All right. So I, I think our list kind of looks a little similar. I'm just gonna give the rundown and then explain afterwards. So of course I have the Bucks at number one. Uh, I have the Celtics actually at number two over the Heat. In the Heat coming in at the third spot, the Nets at fourth, uh, the 76ers at fifth, the Raptors at six, the Hawks at seven and the Wizards at eight. So just to give a quick breakdown, I feel like the Celtics, you know, they don't, they didn't necessarily need Kimba Walker. We've seen in the playoffs how, how many games that he kind of was just there to give 10, 15 points. Who is really the star of the show? Jason Tatum. That is his team. Kimba Walker is just a piece that's, he, honestly, Kimba Walker in the playoffs wasn't even a second option because Jalen Brown was putting up buckets. And then on top of that, we have to also have to think about what's his name? Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart showed up. So the the Celtics have pieces that can fill in that role to play defense or put up buckets or facilitate during the offense, Jeff Teague and uh, Marcus Smart, uh, to put in at that one position at the beginning of the season. I think they're going to be the second seed. Uh, the Heat, they're going to be a third seed, still going to be balling, you know, getting that chemistry together. Uh, I feel like the, the, the Nets are going to be fourth seed because, like Daniel said, this is a star-driven league. You got Kyrie Irving and KD on the same team, DeAndre Jordan. And then we're also thinking about all of those other pieces, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Le- uh, Levert, and uh, Jared Allen. So they're, they're a solid team. 
Uh, I think the 76ers are going to be at the fifth seed. Ben Simmons was 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 having a great year defensively, and I feel like if he stays healthy with the shooters, Seth Curry and Tobias Harris to kick it out to, with Joel Embiid in the middle, they're going to secure that fifth seed, and that's going to be a tough matchup in the playoffs, fourth and fifth. So Raptors, like you said, they're pretty garbage. They're pretty ass. They lost uh, Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol, so their best player is Pascal Siakam. And Hi, Lowry. Like said, Kyle Lowry. Oh, I forgot about Kyle Lowry. But Kyle Lowry is on a decline. He's like, what, 32, 33? No, I think yep. he's 35, I think. Third, oh. See? Oh, <laughs> Fred, Fred Van Vliet needs to be taking the keys for this team, but he's not a superstar. So without that superstar, the Raptors are going to be just a, a, a mediocre team. He's 34. Oh, dear. Uh, I have the Hawks at seventh. Trey Young, Rondo, all the pieces that you talked about, they're gonna they're gonna secure that seven seed with that with that with the veteran presence. And we also got to think about Clint Capella. They got a big um, Wizards. I have them in eighth spot. And the reason why I say that it's a star driven league. I'm gonna keep using Daniel's term here. You got Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill teamed up, one of the best backcourts in the league. I think that they're gonna mesh well. Russell Westbrook has another chip on his shoulder. F- that he has a whole bag of chips on his shoulder, and he's gonna come out and play <laughs> really well this season. So on the outside looking in, Pacers and Hornets. Pacers don't have a star on their team. Victor Oladipo wants to make R&B albums. I, I, I don't see the Pacers <laughs> doing shit. Uh, The Hornets, I feel like they're outside looking in as well. LaMelo Ball, you know, I'm a big Ball fan. A ball in the family. I watch it every week. Uh, so I feel like if I, – I, like I like the Hornets. They're reminding me of the young Lakers. Miles Bridges, uh, LaMelo Ball, Malik Monk, you know, P.J. Washington, Devontae Graham. This is a young team. And I feel like if they piece it together, they're going to look great. The teams to look out for, of course, the Hawks. Like I said, they're going to get that seventh seed. They're going to be a shocker. Uh, the Nets, if they mesh well, the Hornets, because of all of the young talent, and the Wizards going to secure that eighth seed. So I think those are the teams to look out for. The team that maybe has a chance is the Pacers because they were in the playoffs last year. They do have a lot of good players that exceed at their roles. And then the teams that have no chance at all, the Bulls, the Cavs, the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Magic. Yes, five teams have no chance at all. All of those so teams much Bulls <laughs> this is an anti-Chicago Bulls podcast. I mean, the Bulls... They haven't of, done anything since yeah. Derrick Rose went down. I think they They're, just fought... They had a trash coach the last few years. I feel, And he's gone now. I think that thing's going to turn around. They've had a nice team for a minute. They just had a trash coach. I mean, I, okay, well, to be fair, they haven't made any moves to make me extremely confident in their ability to do anything. So, you know, Denzel Valentine and Garrett Temple. Ooh. <laughs> Barn burner moves, man. Oh, all right. But, I'll save my Bulls defense for when it's my turn. Yeah, but yeah. So really quickly, uh, going back to Kyle Lowry, I feel like I somehow didn't think about this, but he averaged nineteen point seven and a half assists and five rebounds at this stage in his career. Like that's crazy, man. He's thirty four and he's putting up those numbers. Like I don't know if I'm just overplaying that, but damn. Nah, Chris Paul too. Think about it. Chris Paul made it the All Star game. And got an all NBA team selection. And he's what, 35? Yeah, but that's Chris Paul. He's a, we don't, okay. To, Kyle Lahr is an all star NBA champion. Come on. Let me put it this <laughs> Chris way. Chris Paul me, ain't got a ring. Let me put it this way. I didn't <laughs> think that I don't have them in the same level because I see Chris Paul as being a much more, a much more superior player than Kyle Lowry. Let's put it that way. Agreed. But also, let's also think that Kyle Lowry's first half of his career was a role player. He then he had that late spurt of, you know, reaching it's his Toronto. prime. So, yeah. So this is still his prime technically. But I, I totally get what you're saying because he's what? This is his 15th year in the league. He was drafted 06, right? Crazy. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Uh, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. That but, is. But yeah, I mean, I agree with your list. The only thing is, 
the Hornets, they're still young, right? They're extremely yeah. young. So with Gordon Hayward being out again and all those young pieces, I don't know if they have what it takes to potentially be on the outside looking in. I mean, they're a team to look out for, maybe just to see what noise they can make. But I'm pretty sure halfway through the season, they'll kind of taper off and then wait and then potentially get a high draft pick next year. So that's just my kind of like thing there. And obviously the Wizards, I don't necessarily agree with that. But then again, I'm not going to. I'm not going to fight for it because there's such a wild card. We don't know what's going to happen, right? The, the only reason why I put that there is because this is the Eastern Conference. You <laughs> actually, like, never know what's going to happen because all of these teams are pretty, you know, the lower the lower half are pretty bad. So I, I get what you're saying, though. They are young. I'm, I'm thinking, like, a, a Luka effect is going to happen to this team with LaMelo or the Clippers back when they didn't have a star and they still make the playoffs. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm hyping it up, hyping it up. The LaMelo ball train. <laughs> I really, think the is just identity crisis. Like, do you want to be young and embrace these stars, or do you want to have Gordon Hayward as the face <laughs> of the franchise? Like, pick a side. Yeah, dude. I mean, I feel like with Gordon Hayward, that's the one weird move that's been made. Like, why? Like, <laughs> so confusing. We have Miles Bridges like right there. Like, just let Miles Bridges trial by fire for the whole year. Just keep I going. Mean, it just he- reminds me that Michael Jordan, for you know, he's the greatest of all time, but he's also one of the one of the uh, in the last 10 years one of the more uh, unimpressive nba execs in recent nba memory yeah like if you're gonna have gordon hayward and you have all these young pieces are you going to have him sit on the bench and come off the bench 30 million dollars off the bench really he's wasting money he's wasting Plus money Terry Rozier. Like, i mean they did give nicholas batum that that trash contract <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they got rid of the batum contract i was like you know what? Let's double down on that. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Hey, guess who's the uh, general manager for the Hornets? Oh. Mitch Kupchak. Oh, that's... Uh, oh, so that explains uh, the contract. Timothy Moskov. We're still paying for that one. <laughs> we, no. we actually petitioned to get that contract removed. And they, they denied it. <laughs> yeah, the NBA is like, that. That's all your So, yeah. Speaking of the Lakers, Daniel, as a Laker fan, go ahead. Feel free to to share your list. Um, I feel the heat coming, but uh, I got the Nets winning the East, being the first seed. Um, they have two. They have, in my they have, in my opinion, two of the top ten players oh, in the league man. today. They got Kyrie Irving, one of the better point guards in today's NBA, and we know the NBA is a, is a league full of point guards. They have Kevin Durant, who can shoot the three. He, and I'm, In my opinion, he looked okay in the preseason. I think this team is ready to go. I think um, they'll, I actually think they'll actually make the finals. What's stopping them could be a bad locker room, but I think they're going to they're gonna make the finals, but I think they'll get stopped by the Lakers in five or six. Speak your um, truth, Daniel. I'm on your side. <laughs> Keep going, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got at the second seed, I got the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are a solid team. They got Chris Middleton. Um, they got Drew Holiday in the offseason. They obviously have Giannis Antetokounmpo, a top five player in today's in today's league. Um, uh, is the big question is can they get over the hump in the postseason? That's why I have them at two. At number three, I got the Miami Heat. I think uh, they got another year. Those young guys have another year of experience. Tyler Hero is back. Jimmy Butler is back. This is the same crew as it was that made the finals. Last year, the Heat are going to be solid. They're going to be a three. Celtics, yes, one of the, I honestly one of the best running organizations in all of basketball. 
of Jason Tatum's back, but I have concerns about the injury of Kemba Walker. I think they're going to start rough, but they're going to end in a solid four. If they were in the Western Conference, this would be a little bit of a different story, but they're going to end up four here. The 76ers, this franchise is it's just depressing, disappointing. They're going to be good. Uh, they're going to be okay. The problem is with this franchise is it's honestly coming down to the big question. They need to solve the Simmons and Embiid problem. I think one of them has to go. Um, is as long as if they don't solve the question, they're gonna. This team is gonna be honestly be gonna be stuck in mediocre purgatory for a little bit. So I have them at five. The Raptors, they're so they're well run, they're well coached. It's just they've lost pieces from their championship squad. They lost Serge Ibaka um, to the Clippers, and they lost Marcus All to the Lakers, who I think will actually be. Uh, a really good piece for us for the Lakers this season, but without that superstar piece, Pascal Siakam's solid, but we you need a bigger guy in there. So they're going to be okay. They're going to be sixth though. They'll make the playoffs. Seventh, I have the Wizards in seventh. I think the Wessel Russbrook trade. Yeah, he has issues in the locker room, but with him and Bradley Beal, as long as as Beal is still in Washington, I think it'll be enough. To get them into the seventh spot, they have a lot of this team is coming in with a lot of experience, and the the East is weak. So yeah, they're there. The eighth seed is I'm gonna put Atlanta in the eighth seed. I think they're gonna be the shocker of the season. I love what they're doing, trying to do with Trey Young. Um, I I admire the fact that the front office at least is really trying hard to put a pair Trey Young with a lot of players that will help him out progress in his player progression. That Bogdan Bogdanovich move is gonna be really helpful in the long run. So yeah, the Hawks. Surprise everyone, they make it to the postseason. Um, outside looking in, I just don't think the Pacers are good enough. Uh, there's questions about Victor Aladipo. Uh, I just think, especially, I especially don't agree what they did with the coach last season. I disagree with that move completely 100%. This team is going to be outside looking in. Uh, team Sulaka for Nets, Bucks, obviously, um, for the good reasons. Charlotte, I don't think has any chance of the postseason. I just think they're too young. They're they're It's definitely in a rebuild, but they're going to be a fascinating team to watch. I don't know what this team's long-term ceiling is, but they're going to be, they're going to be fascinating. They're going to get a lot of ratings on the, on those TV stations. The Pacers maybe have a chance, but I don't think it's going to happen. No chance. Magic, uh, Orlando, they haven't done anything since 2009. Uh, Cle Cleveland, obviously that franchise was whole on a whole. That was all LeBron. Dan Gilbert is honestly one of the worst owners in the NBA. The Cavs de deserve no shot at all. The Bulls, they're that guy who's having a midlife crisis. There's Malaysia surrounds that franchise. The Knicks, of course, they're not going to make it. Um, all I have to say about the Knicks is uh, prayers for Stephen A. Smith. So, yeah. Really quickly. So you have the Nets at one and then the Bucks at two. So, I was thinking while you were, you were discussing that, or at least talking about it, and the Bucks have the perfect counter for Kyrie and KD because they have Drew Holiday who can defend the hell out of Kyrie, and they have either Chris Middleton or they have Giannis to defend KD. And then after that, who do you have on the Nets? There you go. So... <laughs> Um, they have other good pieces. Can I piggyback I, too? Go ahead, go ahead. We're not we're, hey. just to just to make sure we're not we're not piling on you, but this is just uh, an egregious choice. Let's put it that way. I, I, 
to say something because <laughs> that's that's wicked. Uh, your biggest argument for putting the Nets number one was that the Bucks were going to fail in the playoffs, but the Bucks are usually one of the best teams in the regular season. So how are they not securing that first seed, <laughs> especially when the Nets? We don't even know how they, they got Kyrie and KD. Superstar. Wow. <laughs> what did he? What? Oh my God! What did they do on their teams individually? You feel what I'm saying? Kyrie on his own didn't do. Shit. Kevin Durant on his own. Will it work do season? I don't think so, but it's going to do a lot for them in the regular season. Ah, not a lot. Not enough to give them the first seed. Yeah, I would agree with that because Kyrie had the Celtics and he had basically the same pieces that are there right now, and he didn't do anything with them. What? When they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, he was out with an injury. Think about that. And then the next year, they got what? Bounced in the first or second round, I think. He was shooting sub 40%, I think 35%. I don't know, man. No, Kyrie no, I... has it. No offense, Taj, but Kyrie hasn't even reached what we thought he could be. That's not offense. I think Kyrie, his potential is MVP. But I, th- I'm on Team Daniel. I wish Daniel would have tagged me in just then. But I feel like <laughs> this is the season he starts to reach like that potential and that whole Celtics like stint. Like I think Kyrie just jumped. Like he left the porch way too early. He wasn't ready to leave LeBron, and he did it, and it like backfired. And I think now like with KD. Those two together, like individually, they're not a good leader. But if you combine them together, then you've got one solid leader. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Nets. <laughs> one solid leader. He yeah, said uh, uh, fusion. <laughs> 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 but yeah, going back to going back to the Nets. What if Kyrie and KD can't, I guess, perform? Because we've seen that it kind of happens sometimes. Who's next? Who's number three? Just tag me in, Daniel. I'm here for you, bro. <laughs> I mean, like, they got good pieces, man. Like, Taj, help me out here. I, I just... <laughs> <All right. laughs> we got... I think Karis LeVert and Spencer yes. Dinwiddie are, like, the ultimate, yes. like, wild cards of, like, okay, nothing's happening. You guys just create something off the dribble right now. And then, at the, like, nobody's ever stopping Kevin Durant. I do think Kyrie, like, the books can, like, subdue Kyrie, but nobody's stopping Kevin Durant. Not Giannis, not... Like, I don't think God could stop Kevin Durant one-on-one. <laughs> so... I think at the end of the day, they'll be straight. You really think so? Yeah. Not even a brush could stop Kevin Durant. <laughs> Only a brush. That's his, that's his <laughs> kryptonite. Well, now that you're, we're on the topic, Taj, feel free to, to share your power rankings. All right. While I agree with Daniel that the Nets are going to have a good season, I don't have the number one. I got the Bucks number one. I think, well, this is a 72-game season, but had this been a normal 82-game season, I think that would be, again, like a 65-win team. It is that good for the regular season. That good a defense. Giannis is that crazy. The number two, I think this one you guys might not agree with, but I think this is the year where it all starts to like snap together for the Sixers. Like, I, oh, f- I feel it. They got Seth Curry, and that was like their biggest like kryptonite last year was the fact that they had no one can shoot, and they've got a Curry now. I think got that rid of Al Horford too. Yeah, got rid of Al Horford. That like terrible contract. The number three, I've got the Nets. Uh, we already talked about that. Number four, I got the Heat. I'm not. I was very high on the Heat last year. If you guys remember, like I called the Heat on the triple team, triple team podcast that like the Heat were making it. They're making it to the finals, but I'm not high on them this year. I just don't really see it. Uh, just because like I really thought like Jay Crowder meant more to that team than probably they let on in free agency, letting them go. So I think that's gonna hurt. And they basically just replaced him with Avery Bradley, which kind of like kills the whole like Giannis stopping like build a wall. Like, Moe I just don't. Mo Harkless, I'm, he's kind of, I guess, we'll see. <laughs> I just think Jay Crowder had, like, that bully, like, 
I'm like really going to be physical more. Harkless is more of like a, yeah, <laughs> we'll see though. Number five, I got the Celtics. I think this is going to be a year that like they kind of start to decline just because like Kimba's hurt. And I know you guys don't think like Kimba means that much, but I just don't really see it. Jalen Brown like picks and chooses when he wants to be a star. And I don't think they can do it, go with that this year if Kimba's hurt. Number six, I think the Wizards are actually going to be like fairly decent this year. I like, I'm not the hugest Russ fan, but Russ was having a pretty good season last year. Till he got hurt. I think he's like motivated again. That'll happen. Bradley Bill, he got snubbed from like every list imaginable. So I think he'll be motivated. And I think they got a good team. They drafted Denny. They've got Bertans like on the wing to like kick it out too. Great shooter. Uh, number seven, Raptors. I agree with you guys. I think they're starting to fall in the purgatory of like that post championship where it's like, all right, when will we ever get our next one? I think they paid um, Pascal a little too early. Uh, number eight, I got the Hawks, but. At the same time, I'm, like, scared of the Hawks. I know you guys, like, love the Hawks um, based on what you guys said, but as, like, a Trey Young fan, I watched so many Hawks games last year, and they run the exact same thing every play. It was, like, we're going to be 43 from the basket, high pick and roll, Trey Young, John Collins. It's, like, after a while, it's going to stop working, bro. Trey Young's, like, six feet, but we'll see what happens. Outside looking in, I've got the Bulls. I like the Bulls. I think they finally got rid of the coach. They finally, like, dismantled the toxic front office, clean slate. We'll see what happens. Uh, Pacers, I'm not the biggest. I honestly don't like the Pacers. I think they should have blew, blew it up this summer just because they're second and third best players in, like, Miles Turner. It's a bonus. They don't fit. And Miles Turner is seven feet and, like, 250, and he's scared to go in the paint. I just think that's, like, a huge red flag. Uh, another team to look out for, Sixers. I think this could, this could be the year that they, like, really – become like the contenders that everybody's been saying they were going to be for the last three years. I just don't years. see it. I just don't well, see it. I just, I'm a big Ben Simmons fan, even though he can't shoot. Like when Ben Simmons is aggressive, he's really, know. he's really like that guy. Like, in I my, just don't. like that's just what I see. And then B like if Embiid is in shape, he's also really that guy. So you have two guys that are like really different. If it, all he has to do is just work. Like you've been saying it's a superstar driven league. And those two guys are both like, Huge superstar potential. I think I just think this is the year it snaps together. Uh, another team to look out for was the Hawks, but we all agreed on the Hawks. Uh, maybe has a chance. Pacers, Bulls, and no chance. Knicks, Pistons, Cavs, uh, free D Rose. That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. <laughs> free D Rose, man. Okay, so really quickly to go out to go back to the Sixers. I unless something drastic happens. I can't see them going second. I'm sorry, man. I There's just not anything there, if that makes sense. Because, like, Ben Simmons, he's a great player. He's a good player. Excuse me. He's a good player, but I don't think he's good with the Sixers. Like, gee, you brought this up a while back. The CJ McCollum with, for Ben Simmons trade, that would be a good trade because, you know, the Trailblazers would get the wing that they need. And the Sixers would get the extra shooting that they need. But now that, you know, the Trailblazers kind of stocked their chest full of wings, I don't think that works anymore. So the Sixers are a little bit too high for my liking, but the rest of this, I kind of agree with maybe the Wizards as well. I just see it work. Like, I just feel like if that team just emphasizes defense like they really should, like Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league. Joel Embiid, Thanks. you already know yep. about Joel Embiid. But he's stable. He's like a defensive cheat code. Like, Fair. and they've got 
it's the shooting. Like that's the, that's the only question. They've got Danny Green, who's like the ultimate uh, question mark. Oh, I forgot shooting. about him. Danny Seth Green. Curry. They <laughs> yeah, got Seth, Seth and Tobias. Yeah, they're leaning on Seth. I'm like Tobias is in like that same like Chris Middleton like realm for me of like, bro, are you good or not? Like <laughs> you just keep going back and forth. Like pick a side. So it ben depends Simmons on Tobias be- and Seth Curry for me, and they're just shooting in general. Ben Simmons should be traded to Golden State. Why? Question mark. Exclamation point. Jarrell, Jarrell has been saying this for a little bit. Damn, wow. Just the- <laughs> how you, how, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? what? Ben, Simmons, <laughs> okay. ben Simmons could play the four in Golden State and take over Draymond Green's role. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like that. And he would be so much better at it than Draymond Green presently oh, absolutely. is. Absolutely. And they still shoot about the same percentage from the three anyway. So you and might Ben's- as well get the younger player. And Ben Simmons, can, he's still young enough that he can change up his game a little bit. Who did the Sixers get, though? Draymond, apparently. Nah, they're going <laughs> to have to work another team in the deal. They're they going to have to give up next year's pick and probably, like, Wiggins. But if I'm the Sixers, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, because the one thing that the Warriors have, that pick that the Timberwolves gave them, because we don't know how good that's going to be. So if the Timberwolves are trash, which we think – which we all think they're going to be, unless you think otherwise, Taj. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. They're going to be trash this year. Yeah, so it's going to be a high pick. So that's going to be the one card that the Warriors can play in any trade, saying, hey, we have this contract, but we have this pick, and you can get another pick or maybe two more picks from our already kind of stocked war chest. So you can decide what you want. So it's not. It's not happening. Did you see what they? Did you see what the Pelicans got for Drew Holiday? Now yeah. let's ju- compare Drew Holiday to Ben Simmons. You know what I'm saying? They gonna want way more than that. Yeah, but the Warriors look solid though. Like I don't know why you tripping. I know Clay is out, but the Warriors look solid to me, bro. At most, I know this. They're, is go- re- they're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna. They're actually, despite being, um, you know, Clay Thompson being down, I think they're gonna be, a, you know, a decent team. A decent team. I think Steph Curry is going to be really hot this year. I think he's going to be he's going to go off. Yeah, and I know we're talking about the Eastern Conference, but just to slide some Western Conference talk in here real quick, the Warriors they are obviously a completely different animal with Clay Thompson. The thing is, he is the the Warriors need him to take that extra step because without him, they they're just a really really solid team. They're not a championship contender. Without him, there's no title. No absolutely time. absolutely that, i agree with that 100 percent. so you need them both yeah and if the warriors do get ben simmons they're still going to be maybe one or two spots higher maybe they might crack the top four seed but they're not going to be championship contenders because it's just they it, need clay that's their entire situation so it, it all depends on how good clay recovers and if he can bounce back because it's a it's an uncertain injury that's he's gonna like, bounce back. Yeah, he he's so low to the ground. He doesn't need he, to. He's gonna like, bounce back. He has to, or else I'm gonna be crushed. But and this is how bad the Eastern Conference is that we just um, <laughs> migrated over to the Western Conference. But hey, James Wiseman, we don't know. He's a wild card. So if he has a DeAndre Ayton type uh, rookie season, you know, eighteen and ten, Warriors might be dangerous, man. Yeah, so wild that he hasn't practiced with the team yet. Ah, uh, he is he injured? Is he COVID? Is, I think. Is, ah, him and Draymond. Curse. Yeah, him and Draymond were out for a few days, I think, because of COVID. So, 
You know, Jared, if if Clay hadn't gone hurt, this could have been like could have been. But this 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 we all know last season was a really good season. Like with the Warriors back and the Lakers having a battle over California, like this season could have been better than last. But you know, who knows? Who knows what could have been? Who knows what could have been, right? But on that on that topic, actually, who knows what could have been, especially with Leangelo getting waived by the Pistons. He didn't, even, he didn't even play the two preseason games against the Knicks, which, I mean, give him a chance, man. Like, I know he's just there, but give him a shot. He might actually be decent. Who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know, bro. Like, what do y'all think? Y'all, y'all think, like, I read something on Twitter that said he was getting his ass, like, busted in practice. And it was like, nah, I can't do this. So what do y'all think was the case? Like, was it politics? Or you think I mean, he just didn't work out? If he was getting his ass busted by dudes in, on the Pistons, considering the dudes on the Pistons, like, <laughs> uh, shoot, man. I mean, if that was the case, oh. I wouldn't be shocked if he did get his ass busted. But, I mean, not even like a G League contract. Like, what's the deal? Why Why do that? Why did Why did they even sign him to the non-guaranteed for him to not even play? That makes I no mean, sense to me. There's like a, a conspiracy that he was like just signed for like social media engagement because they were posting him like crazy across socials. And it was like, yeah. like who was following all. the Pistons? Like, <laughs> In that case, they should have just kept him on the team then. Yeah. <laughs> the rosters like, are expanding he, anyway, so. Detroit's not going anywhere. They haven't done anything since what? They really did. They really f***ed up the AI trade. Yeah. They, damn, that's what, how... That's a long pull. That's a deep cut. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, what, what, what were you saying earlier, Tosh? What did you say? Free what? Oh, free D-Rose. Yep, that, that's what we talking about all season. Get him off that team. He come to the Lakers. Bro. <laughs> hey, I would actually welcome him. So, For who, though? Oh, see, I don't know if Not, I'm going to give up anyone. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm fine with my team. But I, I, I would like to see Derrick Rose on another team that's not – the, maybe the Bucks. I'm just playing. But I would like to see him on another team that's not the Pistons. Random question. I don't want him to be on the Lakers, but would you guys like, as Lakers fans, would you guys want D-Rose or Caruso? I'll take Caruso. Um, yeah, I'm keeping Caruso. For, the for chemistry reasons. Chemistry reasons. I think I think um, he's a good chemistry guy. He's He fits in the locker room. You got to keep those guys around. You have to have Lakers and Heat fans. Lakers and Heat fans. You guys always like value your own players like 10 times what they're actually worth. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so some think, teams, some players just fit better in locker rooms that help. Watch where man. do you think? Where do you think Derrick Rose fits better at? Which team? Which team would you want him on? The Warriors. Warriors. That question is for everybody. Warriors, why not? We need some. Uh, we need some punch coming off the second unit because we have what Kai Bowman got waived. We have Jordan Poole. Eh. We have Nico Manning, if that's his name, and we have like a bunch of kind of un. Well, actually, no. We have Brad Wanamaker's Wanamaker, excuse me. Who? So, <laughs> who's the backup point guard for the Celtics, man? For the for the hey, good. Hey, Celtics. you retweeted the uh, Golden State Warriors lineup, and I don't know That's who the f- your power forward was. <laughs> who was the starting power forward last game, bro? I don't know who that man is. Let's go, baby. Let, let me see. Let me pull that up because <laughs> I forgot that tweet. But yeah, man, I'd like to see him on the Warriors. Why not? He could. I honestly think he can thrive so much more with Steve Kerr. Just saying. I feel like that'd be sad to watch, like him backing up Steph. Like even though like it's like D Rose hasn't been in his prime for years, but still like 
if you know about yeah. D Rose, you I know he should still be dominating the league right now. It, like, him on the Warriors would actually be a good fit. It'll thank good. you. Wow. I think he'll be a good presence in the locker room and he'll immediately get the respect. Yeah. You have two MVPs. Okay. Get my vote for the Bucks. I dig that. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. the Mavericks. Oh, Juan. That was, the, other, that was the second team I was thinking of. Oh. Okay, so real quick, we'll get back to the we'll get back to the Mavericks. But Juan Toscano Anderson, he's a uh, he's one of the more interesting. Whatever you're about to say is a lie. <laughs> Whatever you're about to say is a lie. He's one of the more interesting prospects the Lakers or the Warriors picked up. I mean, he was on their G League team, and he's solid. Okay, he's decent. I would have preferred Allen Smelijic, but. You know, whatever, man. It's it's the preseason. You tinker around, but now is the time for them to tinker around with a trade for Derrick Rose because he's making seven point six million, I think. So, why not? Or maybe the Mavericks, like you guys said. Who knows? But yeah, I just feel bad for Pistons fans because they made the playoffs two years ago and then they missed it last year, and now they're just garbage. I mean, the the Pistons and like and, and the Bulls, like once their golden eras were like over with they just got lost and like they they haven't they just like they haven't found a way to get back ever since it's just like it's just a combination of bad decisions from the front office as always with bad teams and it's just like they just they they just haven't really gotten lucky and that's why these the bulls and the pistons haven't done much in like 10 plus years yeah yeah but they, I mean, at least their arena sounds cool. The Little Caesars Arena, that's cool. Have you ever tuned into a Pistons game? I think I watched like four Pistons games last year, and each one looked like it was with COVID restrictions. <laughs> like no fans <laughs> were in that arena <laughs> ever. <laughs> Nobody Damn. goes to the Pistons game. See, and that's the thing too. Like the one draw that I would have watching the Pistons would be to watch Blake Griffin, but he's out. He's like he's always injured, and the only time I've ever seen the Pistons is when. You know, you scroll on YouTube and then you see, oh, Derrick Rose's highlights from whatever or his 32 best plays on his 32nd birthday or something like that. That's the only time I've seen the Pistons. So honestly, that AI trade for like, you know, swapping Chauncey for AI, like it continues to haunt them like 11 years later. Like that was like that's like by far one of the worst. I think it could be <laughs> the, worst, the worst decision in franchise history. It was hey, mate. You just hold on to like <laughs> from the past. Like there was so, so, there like, was so well, many things that happened yeah. between within those. The Blake Griffin years. trade is it, like right there in your face. Like, <laughs> You're just dodging D- it. Detroit, Detroit has never been the same since Chauncey Billups left. They just haven't. It it all the struggles start at that event, right how, there. How old was Chauncey when he got traded? Early thirties. He was he was entering. He was going out of his prime. I mean, yeah, he was gonna. He was what? Yeah, but like, I remember from I think it was like the '09 season. Like the Pistons were doing well. They were like they were they, uh, they were they were pretty were, high up in Eastern Conference, and then they just they just traded them. They were, we're doing re, well. Re, they weren't doing. Shit. They were rebuilding. They start getting rid of people. Rip Hamilton was gone. Ben Wallace was gone. You know what I'm saying? Rasheed Wallace was gone. That core that you're talking about that you're holding on to that won the championship in '04 is gone. I think their bad decisions were who they drafted. They drafted Brandon Knight. Where the f*** is he at? Everybody, they, they drafted Stanley Johnson. Where he at? So they've had lottery picks, and their their scouting department is pretty horrible. They had chances to rebuild and build this team back up, and they failed. 
So I don't think it's necessarily that Chauncey Billups deal. I think it's everything that's – I think it's them failing at rebuilding this team. Yeah, don't forget Josh Smith too. Like four yeah. years, $56 million or whatever. They're still paying for that. <laughs> a collect- it was just a collection of bad moves, like yeah. consecutively. <laughs> they waived Damn, them. How long ago was that? I think that was 2013. Pretty sure. Josh. Seven years later. Damn. Dude, hey, yeah, Josh it- Smith was nice, though, bro. I- he was nice on the Hawks. With- oh, actually, no. Never mind. On April 8th, Josh Smith is officially no longer on the Detroit Pistons payroll. Ah. He signed so that's a still this year. year. Yeah, he, he signed a four-year, $54 million contract. I mean... I mean that's not a bad contract. Yeah, well, that's not bad. I guess I mean, inflation back then, of today. But back then, it was probably a lot. Yeah, that was one, one of those crazy things. Because he was decent on the Hawks. What year was that? When he was with the Hawks? No, what year did he sign that contract? Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, talk amongst yourselves while I look at this. Because I'm thinking if it was, you said, like 2012, 2013, whatever, uh, Josh Smith was drafted in 04, right? So that's like eight years, nine years. So he was, bro, was only like, what, 26, 27? And, and he was an all-star on the Hawks. He was averaging like 15 to 18 points, like eight boards. So, I mean, I don't, they, they, they thought they were about to get the all-star Josh Hart. Uh, Josh Hart. Uh, <laughs> Josh Smith. <laughs> so 2013, and in his first season, he averaged 16, point, 16 points six rebounds and three assists which is solid it's not bad but they thought he was going to be like like 18 and like nine maybe and still being like considered like an all defensive team type player because that's what he was was with the hawks but he 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 was in a situation like with trevor reason when he first left the lakers he went over to another team thinking he was going to be a star but josh smith isn't a star player he's a role player glorified role player yeah he made 5.3 million the last five years from a and stretch. played in the big three, right? No, I, think he got, <laughs> I think he got like kicked out or whatever. Not sure, but yeah. No, wait, he also played with the the Clippers. What? Did he play with the Rockets too? Yeah, he was I, on that I, Rockets I, team that led that crazy comeback. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no. Just goes to show how crap the Eastern Conference is. If we're pulling stuff from like Chauncey Billups and Josh Smith way back in the day, almost a decade <laughs> ago, but... they're just a television disaster. The East. Yeah. Outside the top four. Whichever, you know, as we're looking here, or as I'm looking here, I see that mainly it's like the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, and Nets. Those are probably like the top four that we're probably going to see. I mean, all those other teams, they could be worse, if anything. But yeah, speaking of worse things, um, in an ESPN survey, LeBron James was picked as the best player over Giannis. And and another ESPN thing, which is really strange, but they, Tim Bontemps, he surveyed eight people around the NBA who have, you know, a long, kind of a long time covering the league and long standing with that. And they said Luka Doncic was going to an MVP over Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, and Giannis. So those, those two things, any quick thoughts on that? Uh, I love Luka Doncic, but no, he ain't winning the MVP. Uh, Giannis, I think Giannis is my MVP favorite this year, and I think LeBron has a good chance of winning MVP. So, like, no, Luca's not there yet. So, I think Dude, I call <laughs> did I we not watch the Did we not watch the playoffs? Did no, we... I no, I think Luca. Like I said before, he's one of the best young players in the league. But he just 
he he's not at the point where like oh we have to we can consider him better than than Giannis or LeBron is doing right now. He, I just think it's just not his time yet. Statistically, right, I, uh, he's better than both those players. We go ahead, Tosh. I'm about to give out. I guess this is a hot take. I didn't think it was that hot of a take, but based off what Danny just said, this is a hot take. I think Luca is better than Giannis. Like. Mm. Oh, I gotta defend. I gotta defend. I'm a big Giannis fan. I gotta defend. I, I mean, understand Luca. I love both. Luca is a star. Don't get me wrong. He's a star. He gets buckets. He can lead his team. I understand that leadership quality. But Giannis just brings another level to his team. He leads his team in a, in a regular season. On top of that, there's one thing that he does that Luca does not do: defense. <laughs> uh, Giannis is not only uh, putting up 30 points, 13 rebounds, five, six assists, one and a half blocks, one and a half steals. You know what I'm saying? That that motherfucker is balling. But I have to comment on you, Jerry. You said in other bad news, uh, LeBron James named a better player than Giannis. I have to disagree with that being yeah. bad news. LeBron James is a leader. He is the GOAT. Do you not see the GOAT? He is 35 years old and is still in his prime, leading the league in assists. He's playing out of position. He's still dominating the league. He's still getting his players around him to play better. He got the best out of Anthony Davis, and he secured a chip, and he secured a finals MVP. Who is the best player in the league? The ones that make that wins the championships that gets these accolades but also the ones that win championships and get finals mvp now if you ask Giannis, what would you rather have finals finals mvp regular season mvp what do you think he's gonna say probably finals lebron james is the best player in the nba and it's just that he's 35 that everybody's overlooking him but i agree with you tosh luca could be up in that conversation i agree with you there but i don't think he's mvp yet either yeah that's fair but I don't think it's fair. I don't. I, how how do you how do you guys see the um? How are you guys such LeBron fanboys and not a Luca fanboy? Like the two I'm are not, what, they're what and what in the in terms of offense, like creating, making things better for their teammates, being unstoppable. Luca just does it in an unathletic manner. It's the, the same thing. Okay, the LeBron was LeBron James MVP in his second year in the league, his third year in the league, his fourth year in the league, and his fourth year in the league, he brought his team, the trash ass. Cleveland Cavaliers to the, the NBA, NBA Finals and still wasn't the MVP. Was he? Was he? 2007? I don't think so. Was that exactly? So why the f- six C <laughs> motherfucking Luka Doncic gonna get the MVP just because he gets just because he gets a couple of triple doubles? Fire! That's not equate. <laughs> you're not dominating the Western Conference. I'm sorry, and you're not putting the, the efforts on defense. I understand. Kid, I kid you not. Luka is amazing, bro. I kid you not. But he's in the same. He's in the same realm a little bit as James Harden because of that defense. He's uh, lacking that. And I uh, understand. They're not in the same realm. <laughs> He's nah. in the same realm no. as far as lacking defense. James Harden puts up buckets. He gets the boards. He facilitates. Luka Doncic does the same thing. His is just a little bit more efficient and equates. And, and I wouldn't. I don't even know if we can say equates to more wins because James Harden gets more wins than Luka Doncic. James Harden has had better. T- Luka Doncic just led a team where Tim Hardaway Jr. was probably the third best player. He led them to the most efficient offense in the NBA in his second okay. year in the NBA. That, that's that's incredible. awesome. That's that is awesome. incredible. He's on his way up, but he is not an MVP yet. <laughs> he's right. in the talking top five, but I can't give it to him. Like it's not like yeah, he's he's getting it. Especially in a couple when months, when Luka when Luka is um accepting that MVP award, I want you guys to reinvite <laughs> me to the show. <laughs> and I just want Daniel Man. and Gerald to just sit in silence for like ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you giving it over Jokic, you feel what I'm saying? Lillard. I love Jokic too. I love those I love those he, guys too, but I, I think this is just Lucas. He, he almost averaged a 30 point triple double in his second season. And that's Bro. awesome. That's awesome. But his it's not it's not the young bucks time yet. It's not his time yet. 
It's not his him, time to shine. I mean, that's my point. I give, him, I give him two years. By his fourth season, he will win an MVP. I can say like, that, but as of now, motherfucker didn't even leave his rookie contract. He was talking about MVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of contracts and MVP, you guys remember PG? He used to be an MVP and finalist. MVP? Yeah. Contender, whatever. Well, well, for hitting the backboard, he got five years, $226 million per Woj. Wow. And he, he said he, quote, owes the Clippers a trophy. Cool. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Uh, quick thoughts on that. I mean, I'm sure you guys um, are going to sh** on uh, it. But... I mean, I guess he can own them a trophy, but I don't think he's going to win them a trophy. Uh, he's Pandemic P. Uh, he'll, he'll be back. Um, he'll, he'll choke again. Um, the Clippers will be a second round exit. They are a second round exit waiting to happen in Yo, six or seven games. Imagine if Kawhi leaves in the offseason and he's stuck with a five million dollar. <laughs> That'd be funny. Contract. That'd be funny. Dude, that would suck. That would be hilarious. Clippers have nothing. And very aligned of the of Clippers history as a whole. Sheesh. And I, I I think Paul George owes the LA strippers an apology because he just robbed him. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know, man. They have to secure somebody. Why not Pandemic P? Yeah, I mean, I would honestly, even though he's a diva, I would choose Kawhi over him. But you know, that's just me. I'm pretty sure 99% of the population would agree with me. But you know, it is what it is. But I think I'm one of the like two people on earth, me and Paul George's wife, who actually like <laughs> like Paul George. But I can't even defend him. Like he just folds too much in the playoffs for me to defend him. Like, ever since Joe Ingles locked them up for a whole series, I just haven't been able to say a positive word, but hopefully he bounces back. We'll see. I doubt it, but we'll see. No, not with, like, the way Kawhi and Paul George, like, not the way how that locker room works. I think I think that Tyron Lue, I don't think he's – I think those locker room issues that started before, they're unfixable, and Tyron Lue's going to fail miserably in repairing any toxicity that was left in that, oh. in that, in that locker room as a whole. I mean, it's fixable. It's just going to be really tough, especially with one year, because Kawhi can do whatever he wants. You know, shout out to Uncle Dennis doing whatever he's doing. But it's one of those things. You really don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. Everything kind of relies on Kawhi's decision. So we'll see. But speaking of decisions, the NBA decided to have a rapid testing, 30 minutes, and they have the results, and 90 minutes on the road. So thoughts on that and also eight new nba players have tested positive for covid19 since december 2nd so that's not good um they still there hasn't necessarily been a a plan yet for that so my hope is treatment and testing have become better since the pandemic started and we're smarter in how to treat the disease um plus vaccines yep vaccine you gotta remember though vaccines are coming and even though, yes, the U.S. has been hit particularly hard by this pandemic due to, yes, poor leadership up on the political front, uh, I just, I'm actually, you know, despite this is a bad thing that's still going on, I, I'm actually confident we'll at least see some crowds during the season. Um, it'll probably come in the, in, the, in the later half of the year. But by playoffs, I hope that by then, Arenas will at least be uh, at seventy-five percent capacity. No, so I'm still. <laughs> I am. I am hope. We're seeing. We're seeing. Uh, I know you guys don't watch soccer, but 
the English Premier League has finally started to invite crowds back in, so that's a positive sign for the NBA as a whole. So as the months go on and we find a way to shake off the virus, I'm pretty confident by playoffs, yes, um, they'll be at 75% capacity. We'll have crowds. They're saying three-fourths of it. They're saying some projections are anywhere between 25 and 30 because that's still a large number of people, right? So mm-hmm. 75 is way too much. For a 20,000-seat arena, 75%. And with the, with the, I guess, the general population getting the vaccine around mid-late summer, I don't think that's possible. I agree with you, Jerry. I think the amount of players that have tested for it, given the circumstances of not being in a controlled space, everybody went to like their own cities, their own states. I think this number is, is not that bad. It's, it's bound to happen. People travel. You see James Harden's in the club partying with rappers and whatnot. So <laughs> eight players out of the total yep. of like 500 NBA players, that's, that's pretty spot on. That's pretty solid. Like I said before, we've all said it on this podcast. The NBA is the best league in the world. And, they're taking care of business. And once the NBA season starts, I think they're going to kind of crack down on it a little bit. Like they're going to have to focus. And I think that number eight might go get split into half, maybe four or less. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam Silver, I trust. And I trust whatever he has like planned for this season will work. Honestly, the best commissioner in all sports today. Honestly. And just two more things here before we wrap things up. So, the Cleveland Indians, I know we're talking about basketball, but now we're going to switch to baseball real quick. The Cleveland Indians are changing their name to something else. They've had the name for over 105 years. And, of course, the president decided to tweet, quote-unquote, oh, no, what is going on? This is not good news, even for, quote-unquote, Indians. Cancel culture at work. So he's an idiot. Um, uh, he's a dumbass. Um, he's, just, he's a representative of a part of large, unfortunately, large parts of the country that's, that think that way. And, you know, the, the sad part is um, I, I promise not to delve in any further, but I don't think he's necessarily done just yet. Well, let's hope so. But anyways, yeah, so they're changing their – the Cleveland Indians are changing their name. So Yeah, yeah. just echoing it. Um, absolutely. You know, <laughs> you put yourself put – your, put yourself, your culture, your community in the shoes and think of a name that represents your community, your culture, yourself as a name of a sports team. Come on now. It's surprising that it's taken this long for them to change it. So, yeah, it's, it's it needs to happen. Yeah, that's what's up from the Cleveland standpoint. I think they should have probably been do- done this just like the Washington football team. I think they probably saw like how not easy it went over for Washington football team, but like it was way better than most people expected. Like everybody was like, we can never change this name. We're locked in. Yeah. It's tattooed on my skin. And I was like, yeah, we're the Washington football team. And I think Cleveland saw that and was like, okay, we'll change our name. Yeah. And lastly here, a bit of good news. So I don't know if you guys saw the Keontae Johnson situation. He, uh, I personally have not seen the video of whatever happened to him because I just choose not to. But a few days ago, he was in a medically induced coma, but now he's in stable condition. Um, I think I saw a day or two ago that he was breathing and talking on his own. And so... That's really good news, especially considering he contracted COVID-19 earlier in the year. So it's just part of it is super scary, the effects of COVID-19 on an athlete, because we don't know, you know, this dude was healthy and then all of a sudden he just collapses and he was in a coma, but now he's breathing and talking. So, you know, great stuff all around, except for the COVID pit, but 
yeah, I mean, that's just awesome news. I mean, we just, the scary thing about COVID, like, we just don't, we still don't even understand what this disease does at this point, but I'm just happy that, you know, he's making through this alive and we're happy that he, we have him still kicking. Yeah, absolutely. Just echoing that. Glad to see that he is in recovery mode. Uh, I did do some digging a little bit. I didn't want to see the video, but I wanted to see if there was a video if that makes sense. And uh, thankfully, there isn't a video up. They went into commercial break when it all happened and just came back and the news broke out, which I think is what needs to happen. We don't need to relive that trauma. Uh, and like like I said, just echoing that that he's in recovery. So hope for a speedy recovery. gets back to normal. I know that there was another basketball player by the name of uh, Sharif O'Neal that had a heart condition that he had to uh, redshirt his first year of basketball. I'm a big Sharif O'Neal fan. That's why I'm like making the, the connection. And, you know, just to be able as athletes. So if any athletes are listening to this, take your health uh, seriously, get checked out by the doctor, get your physicals twice a year. You're an athlete. You don't need to do once a year, two, three times a year, just to make sure everything's good to go because your health is the most important thing and it may catch up to you later down the line. Yeah, I'm glad he's out the coma. That was a situation I was like following closely, just because that's like a super scary situation. Also, like prayers. I hope he can like get back on the court. Like you've made it this far. I'm sure he wants to keep playing. It will suck that he has to like stop his career, but I'm just happy he's healthy. It's dope. Yeah, and we're also among other things that we're happy about. We're happy about you, Taj, for hopping on the podcast. So thanks so much for hopping on. I know it's been a it's been a cool minute since we did a podcast together, but I appreciate you hopping on, dude. No problem, bro. Thanks for having me. Free D-Rose. Uh, shout out Luka Doncic. Go Pelicans. Right. And if people want to find out where, you know, they can get your work, read up on your stuff, listen to the Underheard podcast, where can they find you? Uh, just follow me at Taj Mayfield. Taj spelled like Taj Mahal. Mayfield spelled like how you would spell it if you can spell. Um, Everywhere. All right. And anything about the Unheard podcast you want to sh- tell the, the listeners? uh on her podcast the socials are like so crazy because it's like the name i guess that's just the popular name for podcasts so just follow me i retweet on her every wednesday new episode i guarantee it's a great 45 minute listen if you love music all right and speaking of subscribing don't forget to subscribe to the shooting bricks podcast and leave a pot uh, leave a review excuse me on your platform of choice it really helps us out lastly make sure to follow us on at podcast bricks on twitter and at shooting bricks podcast on instagram for all the news on the shooting bricks podcast and as always i'm jerry castillo uh i'm daniel and i uh, just i don't really have any surprisingly i don't really have anything to say anymore but i just want to say Todd, uh thank you for coming <laughs> on Nice, bro. <laughs> nice talking to you, Danny. I miss you, bro. <laughs> bro, how you gonna say you ain't got to say it? Then still say some. Shit. Uh, man, Danny, you're the best. Uh, of course, it's your boy, Really Real, Jarrell Sells, and of course, our guest for this episode with us. It was me, Taj Mayfield. Shout out, Jarrell. Nice to meet you too, bro. Nice there to meet goes. you all, guys, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>